0: remember the first racist thing I said I chose the first stupid reason that came into my head to justify why I would not go out to play and who wouldn't want to go out to play when they're six years old and three days we had just moved it was literally moving day from an old white market town to a brand new shiny city where no one had been around for long everyone had just arrived, snap my dad came here for work too. Generations didn't exist. Everyone was an immigrant. Did I see colour? Yeah I'd seen black people on the telly but real life meeting people with different skin to mine was far from being daily. I never gave life on my old street a second thought, playing out was fun. We were all white and I wonder if a kid who wasn't white would feel just as welcome moving on to moving day back to being six I've already tripped up one removal man I'm a bit too in the way and in the mix go out and plate him there's new friends out there go and join them on your BMX and if you're not from the 80s a BMX is just a bike oh hindsight <laughs> hindsight tells me I should have gone right then but part of me didn't want to try and greet It was something in my heart and out of the heart the mouth speaks I didn't speak out of hate and it wasn't um, but it was fear and it wasn't fear of them but it's a new home a new place and I'm getting in the way and what if they don't want to be my friends I can't bring myself to repeat the phrase I said in front of my parents so painful was this lesson I said something like I don't like or I don't play with followed by the colour of their skin it was definitely not the n-word I hadn't heard it then but it might as well have been I dismissed my future friends like playground chat of Pokemon, bad cars and a losing football team. Now forgive me, if you're getting lost in all these words, it's shameful. I'm not trying to dress it up. I said I didn't want to play with them purely because they were black and Asian. And that is really messed up. Why would I say it? Because this was a simple chance for having fun but evil was right there with me in the shape of fear teaching me not just to see color but to choose it to say it and abuse it and I'm so thankful for my parents who were busy moving in but decided not to just ignore it or excuse it it was as if as if I didn't care I'd spoken that one line with all the grace that you'd expect on Britain's Got Talent when they press, reject. Then my dad taught me a lesson that I cannot forget. He got my attention and I was pretty sore, but he didn't, it wasn't thou shall not say, he didn't bring the law. He appealed straight to my heart, helping me to understand that life with solely light-skinned people will always look quite dark if my eyes are barely open, squinting people out of view, disqualified on entry. Do you see them? Yeah, of course I see them, Dad. Really? I'm not sure you do. You're seeing boys out there, but your judging's all done pre. Look out the window, look again and tell me what you see. Well, they're, they're playing on their bikes. Whoa! I wish I could uh, jump like that. Tim, those lads are exactly the same as you. Their dads are the same as me. So some of it was ignorance. Some of it was fear, that's clear, but guard your heart because give fear half a chance and it will double into hate and you've got to shut that stuff down before it gets out the gate. Go out there, get involved, it's prophetic, choose that they're your mates. So booted out of my door and onto my bike the only lad on the street who was white but not out there to represent just out to get out the house on our boards and bikes out to make new friends and apart from grazes on my street i didn't think of skin again and here comes the shame i wish i'd thought of it again cuz my street was sweet without knowing i was learning to see colour embrace culture celebrate diversity and tradition but my first racist joke magnified difference reinforced old white power and celebrated division where did i learn it Where well, was my first it wasn't the street but the church not this one not jubilee but hey let's not let ourselves off the hook too lightly it was a good church it wasn't the preacher no policy to segregate but all or pretty much all the people were white and so were all my mates eyes barely open but kids with enough sense to be careful about where these jokes were spoken this was just up the road from my diverse street which was nothing like religion but unspoken in the church culture said to me Get comfy with division. Look, the church is called to be the bride of Christ, to be reserved, to be holy, set apart. Separate, but not separated. Every tribe and tongue are called to be apart. But aren't Christians all the same? cucumber sandwiches, bed at nine, keeping it tame. No, missing races, whole peoples out, it's like missing a leg, it makes us really lame. It's Christ who unifies our differences, who lifts us from our shame and it really is. God's standards are up here and ours are down with blame. So if it's really true that Jesus levels the score, what's the history? Has the church been here before? Well, let's take it back to Rome in about AD 49. The church was still young and fresh, but dealing with a bunch of racial strife. Part of the church was made up of Jewish Christians they knew their race they knew the law and they tried to keep tradition they loved Jesus and they definitely saw him as messiah but the law they just couldn't put down because those ways were obviously higher higher than whose well knowing Jesus is for everyone and if like me you're not a Jew a descendant of Abraham then you're called a gentile The Jews had the power of history. In the church, they set the tone and the style. So the term Jews and Gentiles is a little bit like saying people of color for everyone that's not white. Everyone in the church would esteem the Jewish faith and heritage from which their savior Jesus came. So the church in Rome was made up of two groups, but it seems their status was not the same. Jews had the culture, they were invested. They led the Gentiles in ways that were tried and were tested. Now Gentiles were still welcome in the church, but Jewish Christians had the Messiah T-shirt. They bought the merch then not for the first time or the last time in that people's history all the jews christians or not were exiled out of rome because of their race they had to leave their city their business their church their home so the church was suddenly left to this gentile crew asking themselves well, what should we do without all the Jewish tradition how do we get on with Jesus mission they knew that Jesus brought freedom so the church made decisions about uh, the way that they should do things what to liberate and some of it was good and some of it was great but some of it simply replaced traditions where Jesus was not always easy to see with idols of freedom where Jesus should be. Eventually the Jewish brothers and sisters returned after exile, to Rome, to the church, which had a pretty different style. Trying to find harmony was taking a while, and maybe they thought of doing their own thing over here because trying to build bridges was taking too many tears. And into this moment, the Apostle Paul writes this letter, that this family being together isn't just better, but is actually God's heart the promise of this new new humanity can be traced right back to the start of the scriptures. So he starts to list them, particularly for those who have read them and know them, but have somehow missed them. And that was actually Paul's story. He describes himself as a Hebrew of Hebrews, purebred. He heard danger and wrong in all that the church said. He went hunting out to persecute and kill with every opportunity. And then Jesus meets him, blinds him with grace, and he becomes a champion of unity. So back to to Paul's list. It starts off in Psalms. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, the words to the end of the world. All day long I have held out my hands to a people who have disobeyed Lord who has believed our message everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved I was found by a people who did not seek me see I lay in Zion a stone whip that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame so Paul writes to tell us that we're all in the same position whether Jew or Gentile never mind your tradition if you think that you can know God by your own works it won't work it will just be stressed take Abraham the Lord had made a promise of him to bless Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness believing not bragging or boasting or just quiet assurance that you know best because you try hard and you stick to the rules that will land you in the same place as those you think of as fools there is no difference for we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and we are justified freely by His grace Paul's letter to the Romans announces Jesus a new king in town to the church in that city as far as the emperor is concerned that news is not pretty now right now it feels like God's kingdom and our culture align in focus of making this new making a new humanity from all kinds of tribes racism is wrong On that we agree. But the church has to be a welcoming home, not just a non-racist place to be. When the emperor, and when I say emperor, I mean culture, sees Jesus' heart for the church, his bride, don't be surprised if they reach for something divine. God is what they're missing. But there's probably coming a time where we have to stand up to the culture and bow to our king. Lord let your kingdom come like heaven let it be in this mess on the earth but first of all Lord we say let your kingdom come in the church Paul asks tough questions checking that we don't just conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of our mind our worship is that we offer our body our life in view of God's mercy as a living sacrifice it's not just that as small as a Sunday morning time whether you express it as baroque or gospel or uh, hymns or grime different background different gifts but in Christ we're called to one body each of us belongs to all the others there's no ones and no nobodies. But is there anybody in this body of Christ whose color of their body makes them think twice that they belong, that they're not sure if you can join in the church's song? You belong for none of us lives or dies to ourselves alone. Paul writes this letter to make sure that we're shown that races and people can love each other like a family of sisters and brothers. Look out for weak ones, don't cause their stumbling. Use your resources and opportunities to help out the struggling. Get ready for the people that you don't know too well. Get set for the stories that you haven't heard yet. Practice hospitality, that's time, not just nutrition. If there's any good in rivalry, this is a massive competition. Because when it comes to honouring, Paul tells us to outdo one another to honour people honour backgrounds that all adds to a clearer view of Jesus and he is the one who fulfilled the law every aspect commandment every single clause Paul quotes Jesus summary when it starts to get legal love God love people and in those times when we know good alongside ignorance, selfishness, or evil. Jesus speaks, no condemnation. Rescues and positions us to something quite regal. Holy Spirit is given to you as a child of God to help you feel like his child when you forget or when doubt tells you you're not. This is not a spirit of fear. We've seen that breeds hate, what a toxin but this is a spirit of sonship, you could say adoption, by whom we call most high God daddy. Just stop a second, let that settle in. Have you ever thought of God as distant? Believe in Jesus, turn around and repent, and you can call the king of heaven your dad, countless, brothers and sisters are with you gathered around the throne on which your papa is crowned you belong here seated in heaven but with your feet on the ground where it isn't all good i know there's suffering but you can still hear the sound of that unified unsegregated glorious choir singing with no division or fear. It's not whites over that way and black people over here. So bring some of that heaven to earth. Let's play our role in this difficult birth of this new humanity. Having conversations, that also means listening, with intentionality we might make mistakes or say the wrong thing but be humble because that helps to take out the sting take that away but i'm also saying it now if my words have offended help me understand how as we close let's go to that climactic moment that paul reaches in the heart of romans it's right there in chapter eight he asks right he asks what shall separate us from the love of christ our lord trouble hardship danger or sword the short answer is nothing in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us and in all these things god works for the good of those who love him now there was a repetition of a tiny little word i'll repeat it in case you hadn't heard in not out not kept away in connected nothing can separate us from the love of god that's in christ in him we are one glorious family of daughters and sons get to know them get involved be inspired with people who are different to you now you can let these words stay as words on the screen or you can move closer to integrate because Jubilee, nothing can separate.
1: Well, today I'm here with Nick. Nick, it's great to see you, welcome.
2: Thank you, Graham, how are you?
1: Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Uh, Thanks for joining us and uh, giving us some time today. Really appreciate that. And uh, what I wanted to do, as we've said before, as part of this series, is just hear from different people of different cultures, different experience uh, to help our journey and help our learning. So I'm thrilled that you're, you're part of this. So thank you for that. So why don't you start off by introducing yourself to us a little bit about uh, your background, how you ended up in Derby and so on.
2: Okay. Um, my name is Alexander. Uh, most of you know me as Nick um i grew up in in a large city in south india called uh Hyderabad um which if if you've heard of it or not you know you probably know that the that's where you get the best biryani in the world <laughs> um, i and i grew up in in a christian family uh going to Quite a traditional um, Anglican church, the church itself is, is more than 200 years old, was um, originally a British army garrison church. Okay. Um, um, I moved to the UK um, immediately after finishing my engineering degree in India, um, so that's my background um, as an engineer but I don't think I'd be top of your list list if you needed someone to put shelves up or anything like that. (laughs) Um, And yeah, soon after um, coming to the UK, um, I started a master's degree um, at the University of Warwick. And when I uh, graduated, I started my first job here in Derby. Um, And that's when I was looking out for a church and um, Jubilee was was the one that seemed to fit that bill. Um, for those of you who've been around long enough, um, I think um, it was going to the City Centre Life Group, at uh, which used to meet at McDonald's, um, bang in the centre of town, <laughs> which was, yeah, was just the thing. And yeah, I think it's life groups in this church which have just really uh, played such a strong part um, in the reason why I found it was um, the right church for me in Derby. So, Fantastic. So yeah, that's about me and uh, how I came to be at Jubilee.
1: That's great. And a good plug for life groups there as well. So thank you for putting that. I'm sure that will get edited out and, uh, and put up online somewhere. <laughs> that's great. So, so Nick, how's it, has it been for you as a person of Indian origin living in the UK? How, how was that transi- transition when you, when you first arrived? And what's it been like more recently?
2: um it's it's an interesting question because um i've i've not in um in any direct way um felt discriminated against um as as a person of of color living in the uk um and i feel i've been i've been given a lot of different opportunities which i might not have um in in my own country of India where I, sure. where I grew up. Um, but at the same time, um, I do in subtle ways um, feel, feel different just by um, the things people say knowingly or unknowingly um, yeah. to me. For example, um, quite often at work, um, when I'm meeting new people, um, I get asked, oh, so where are you from? And, and people are quite surprised when I actually say India. Um, maybe because I don't have uh, a strong Indian accent. And that's because <laughs> I grew up in, in a family speaking English um, my whole life. Um, so when I, when I say India, it does surprise a lot of people because um, they're almost expecting a different answer. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I've not um, ha- I've not experienced any overt um, discrimination yeah. Yeah. Um, at any point in the UK, which I feel I'm, I'm truly blessed uh, by, Yeah, which sure. might be more um, a reflection on the fact that, um, or that, that I, um, the place I work, um, my educational background and things like that, um, which I'm sure is not the case for, for a lot of other people.
1: I'm sure people have got mixed experiences, haven't they? Absolutely. So it's great that you have had a largely positive experience being here. And obviously we're thrilled you're here. That's, that, that's really good. So when we were talking last week, he used a phrase with me that you felt you didn't fit any typical stereotype which I thought was a really interesting phrase. Uh, does that manifest itself in any particular way or in any particular situations where you thought, yeah, I really don't fit a stereotype? and That's why you use that phrase. I thought it was an interesting description.
2: Yeah, um, I've, I've actually got uh, quite, quite a funny um, anecdote. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, my lovely wife uh, Bex and I were on holiday for a week in Scotland. Um, And the week after, when I got back to work, um, I was speaking to um, someone at work um, who who was just inquiring as to my week off, asked where I'd been. Um, We'd been in Scotland, um, where it was raining the majority of the time we were there. (laughs) Um
1: we, we make no comment about Scotland, obviously.
2: <laughs> Which we still have Scottish know. weather. <laughs> um, so we spent a lot of the week um hiking, um we even camped by a lock um for, for a day. Um and when I um was telling this um colleague of mine um about our week in Scotland, his his reaction was um and and the answer obviously was was in the affirmative, but he said, you must be married to a white girl, aren't you? And, <laughs> and, and I said, well, yes I am. Um, so obviously he, um, his stereotype of what someone like me, a person of Indian origin uh, would be doing in my spare time, um, clearly didn't fit in with the stereotype that um, sure. he had in his mind. So he was quite surprised by um, what I was doing in my, <laughs> in my leisure. Yeah
1: no absolutely i can see that um i guess it's being aware of those sort of questions isn't it when you're you're talking to somebody of a a different background not to make those assumptions not to make those those stereotypes like like you're describing
2: absolutely
1: Um, and i I don't know your colleague but i'm sure it wasn't in any way meant as a a racist comment but it was just how had a racist you played into it and yeah. Uh, you know assumptions and, and stereotypes are there in the back of my mind which um I, I guess we all need to be aware of don't we and not fall into that trap of uh, of those sort of things but what what what, so what about jubilee then uh, as we go on this journey looking to you know, look at this subject of race and diversity. Uh, like we've said on a number of occasions now, we want it to be Jubilee to be a great place for people of any race or, or, or background, um, whatever whatever colour or language they might be from, or uh, whatever they might sort of person they might be like. We want to try and build a really welcoming and loving church what are some of your comments or, or tips for us on that journey and you've been in jubilee for, for a while obviously but what would you say as we look to those sort of things and think about those things together
2: um one of the first um, points i'd say is and this is um a, a reflection on as someone inside jubilee um, looking out and it's an acknowledgement which is obviously a great positive that we've recognised that we need to do more. Um, But as an insider, obviously, as a person of colour, I feel I feel comfortable in Jubilee, um, probably more because I'm quite similar to the people in Jubilee, rather than the fact that um, Jubilee is, in a way, um, unique in in churches that it reaches out particularly to people of different backgrounds um, um, and cultures um, so so i'd say yeah definitely great that we've acknowledged that we need to do more yeah. um, um, my my main tip would be to to experience um, something new that's outside of your comfort zone and outside of a culture that you're familiar with so Traveling to different places when we're allowed to do so safely, obviously, um, and just experiencing lots of different um, cultures brings a lot of that closer to home and a mutual understanding of um, what other people who don't look, feel, live where we do, um, how they live their lives.
1: Like that. That's that's really good. Really good tip to experience other cultures, and I, I guess while we can't travel and get to other places, um, there are certainly other places in Derby where we could eat. So I guess it's even a uh, thinking of somewhere different for takeaway, thinking of somewhere different restaurant that isn't our normal food or normal culture. Um, that might be an, an easier win in the short term until <laughs> the planes start flying somewhere. I guess isn't it? Um, but I love the idea of experiencing different cultures and. And I'm sure we've all got much to learn on that journey.
2: Um, Our International Sunday um, a few weeks ago was a a great example of that as well.
1: Yes, yeah, it was. Absolutely. That's good. It's it's good to be part of a wider family of churches around the world, isn't it? Where we can, uh, we hope, learn from one another uh, as well. So Nick, thank you for your time. Really appreciate your, your insight there and your thoughts and comments. Thanks so much for being with us.
2: Thank you, Graham. Thanks for having me. Cheers.
0: Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel
2: free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.